Hey, I'm Adi. And I'm Savannah, and we're the Politos. We're here talking about simplifying our life, growing and loving our family, and learning about the world. And today we're talking about the birth of baby Polito. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> well, we are back. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, for y'all, it has been a week since we've had a, an episode. To us, Savannah and I, it has been over like a month and a half mm-hmm. since we sat down and recorded. Yeah. And that's because we had the goal to do to record six episodes in a week. Yeah. We ended up not meeting that goal. We ended up recording five episodes. Uh, and so we did a good job, I think. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we did five episodes in, in, in a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sixth episode, we were planning on recording uh, the day before heading to the hospital. Oh, that's right. But we decided that is way too much. So let's just forget about it. it five is enough. Mm-hmm. That's more than a month. So that's good. And here we are. So that episode, the sixth episode, is going to be released later on. Yeah. It was, so it was going to be released today Yeah, for this episode. But we decided instead to come back. And today we're going to share the birth story. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, and then that episode that we had planned, we'll do it later. Mm-hmm. And then we still have our Halloween episode next week yes. that we need to record. But That's exciting. Yeah. So that's what's on the agenda for today. We do have a special guest with us today who may be with us for many recordings. Yeah. Um, but Baby Polito is here. Yes, in your arms. And he's with, yeah, he's, I'm holding him right now. He's eating mm-hmm. and kind of sleeping. But you may hear some little uh, baby noises throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think, uh, well, we'll talk about them uh, in in a few minutes here. But uh, this is different, (laughs) having having him out now. Yes, things have definitely changed. It's uh, crazy. It Uh, is. So some catch-up time. Obviously, we just addressed the biggest thing. (laughs) The biggest catch-up of all. Um, but I would be remiss if we did not talk about the the banners What's being hung. So let's talk about it. There's three banners since since the last time we recorded. Last time we recorded. Yeah, I told you guys they switch these out often. <laughs> One of them was like I noticed it like I don't know like a day or two, and then. It got switched to yeah. a different one. Yeah. And also, I just went out yesterday, and there was nothing hung. What? It's so weird how sometimes they, like... There's nothing. Leave it up for a few days, and then they take it down. That's Is somebody, crazy. like, paying by the hour? <laughs> like, <laughs> we can only have this banner up for, you know, this many like hours. Like a billboard? Yeah. 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 So weird. That's so funny. <laughs> okay, so the first one was... I was going to say, oh. uh, how funny would it be if we see a banner that says, uh, your banner could go here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Call <laughs> call 1-800. We should do a uh, the Polito's <laughs> podcast banner. Yeah, that was my idea like a few months ago. Yeah. We're like, we're so bad with uh, social media. So instead, we just start advertising the podcast just on like on banners. <laughs> we put flyers up at the just post on office. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you remember when we actually promoted 
was it the podcast or was it like when you were doing the Young Living classes? Yeah, right? with banners. I yeah. mean, with like posters. Yeah, so flyers. I guess flyers. Yeah. Um, we went around Monmouth at that time when we were living there, right? Yeah. And uh, we we think we were thinking about okay, where can we go and and hang these little flyers? And uh, there was a little community board thing on the main street, and so we opened the little glass door. Uh, we didn't ask anyone because, yeah, like, we thought. I don't think fine. that we were actually supposed to do it because no. it got taken down. Yeah, I think we revisited the uh, place the next day or two, and then it was gone. Here's the thing: is that I tried everywhere I went. I tried to ask permission. I wasn't like mm-hmm. just willy nilly putting stuff up. So everywhere I went, I asked permission. Um, but that board, there was no information on like how to ask for permission. Yeah. And I was looking at the other things that were on it, and it made it seem like it was fine. Mm-hmm. So we decided to hang it there, but then it was gone. And so I think we were not supposed to. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Anyway. So back to the banners. Yeah. So what was the first one you saw? The first one that I noticed, it was Fire Awareness Month. So that was in, in October. Okay. It was Fire Awareness Month? Yeah. Interesting. And once again, it's so funny that it was only up for like a couple of days. Yeah. So that was interesting. And... Uh, we talked about this and I think we concluded that there's spring awareness because it's no longer summer, and, but it's, a big, it's beginning of fall. It doesn't really make sense. I don't know why October would be Fire Awareness Month, but there might be a reason. My theory is that a lot of people now are transitioning to the fall like season uh, Oh, we talked about like bonfires. And bonfires yeah, might yeah, be yeah. one thing. Uh, I'm not sure if now people could do bonfires now. Maybe. Um, I don't know. But assuming that they can, maybe that's why there's that awareness of like, hey, it's no longer summer, so we don't have to deal as, mu- deal as much as like the wildfire you yeah. know, stuff, but still watch out for, for yeah, fire. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if anybody knows, if anyone can confirm that October is Fire Awareness Month, and if anyone knows why, yeah, let, why? Us, let us know. Why? Why? Okay, so that's the first one I noticed. Okay. The second one, I think I noticed. Yeah, you did, yeah. And it was, first, I thought it just said Merced Festival. Yeah. And then I think when we were driving back um, and we saw saw it again, I was like, oh, it's actually the Merced Nut Festival. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is happening today as we're recording. Oh, (laughs) I didn't know. Free admission. We should have gone. Yeah, we still could. Maybe. Right Maybe after the podcast. <laughs> Do you know when it's over? Mm-mm, but I want to say it's in like the afternoon. So we could maybe. Oh, we should. I don't know. Do you know where? The fairgrounds, I think. But I'm not sure. Obviously, we could Google it. But yeah. We shouldn't. You know what? We should not Google it because the banner is supposed to spread <laughs> information without you like looking at, you know, additional resources. Yeah, well, get... the banner is gone, but there is a sign up yeah. uh, somewhere nearby. But we should try to go and see if we could find the place um, based on like seeing seeing that banner like twice. Without using the With, internet. Yeah. And, and to, to, to be a living proof that the banner works. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm down. I'm excited. You really want to go to the Nat Festival? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe. Okay. Well, is it outdoors? I would assume so. Okay. Where? Huh? Where are you picturing it being indoors? I don't know. At like a a warehouse. A warehouse? Yeah. I don't think so. I assume it's outdoors, but okay. 
Well, we should. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. So that was hung for like a few days, I think. Yeah, right? not that long. Because then the next banner was, what was it? Uh, oh, it was. Uh, oh, Mercado. The Mercado. So uh, this banner, on uh, one side of it, it says Mercado uh, in big text. In Spanish, that means uh, market. On the other, on the right side of, of the banner, had all the information of like where this market is. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the place, the time, and all that stuff. But the text was so small, yeah, that I couldn't really read it. And I drove uh, past the banner like maybe like four times, yeah, uh, within that that week that was hung, and still couldn't understand where it was. And that's the thing, like if you're gonna have that much information, it has to stay up longer. Mm-hmm. Like for in order for these things to be effective, they need to stay up longer. Yeah. Because if we had, like, driven by it multiple days, multiple times, then yeah. I'm sure we would have gotten all the information mm-hmm. and remembered it. Like, oh, yeah, you know, this is happening. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. We need to get on that that committee. <laughs> <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. And then tell them to uh, put a police podcast banner. Yeah. I wonder how much it cost for, to do that. Like, I wonder if anyone could just go in and submit their request to have a banner up and True. how much it is per we, week or per day. We got to get on that committee. Find <laughs> out. I think banners are pricey too. Like, yeah. Made. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember back in high school, I think when I was the president of my class, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that we tried to get a banner and I think we did for, I forgot what, it, for, for what reason, mm-hmm. but I remember being expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I think, was that the end of what's being hung? I think so. Uh, I think, I think so. Uh, we had to take a super brief little break. Yeah. Um, so not only are we getting now the sounds of Merced, we're getting also the sounds of Baby Polito and the sound of the squeaky rocking chair. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> we read on the reviews before we bought it that some people said, like, it started squeaking right away. Yeah, and it did. And like, it did. Yeah. Within, this. like, a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we could, like, put some oil on it or something. Yeah, like coconut oil. Yeah. I think <laughs> that that's actually a... Like natural alternative to WD forty, yeah. But I'm not sure if that's true. I think I read that somewhere. Gotcha. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, mm-hmm. which maybe I'll kind of like talk about this in multiple episodes. I'm not sure. Okay. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over the course of um, like being in the hospital and then also being home and like. Um, feeding the baby, holding him while he's napping and mm-hmm. all that. Um, I've watched a lot of TV shows. You did. And so I wanted to kind of uh, maybe talk about some things I've watched recently. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to highlight one show that was a standout. Uh-huh. And that was Anne with an E mm. on Netflix. Um, we had started it before. I think I had watched like one or maybe two episodes. Yeah. But then I hadn't really fully gotten into it. And so I returned to it while we were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then because I, you had a lot of time to kill. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I saved. Um, so the whole. So, OK, I've talked about my love for Rhett and Link on this uh, channel. I mean, <laughs> what is on this? this channel? On this podcast. And you're watching the police channel. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, is this TV? No. Um on this podcast, I've talked about it. 
And um, so during the summertime, mm-hmm. Good Mythical Morning goes to Good Mythical Summer, mm-hmm. where they only upload three days a week instead of five. Mm-hmm. That's a tough time for me. <laughs> but then at the end of Good Mythical Summer, they do a one-week break. Yeah. Which is a really tough time for me. Oh, my And gosh. then they come back for the fall um, yeah. for five days a week. Mm-hmm. So actually, around the time that we were going to be heading to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, they were coming back from um, their break. Mm-hmm. And so I like saved up the five episodes you did. from that week so that I could watch them. You fasted. In the hospital, yeah. And I think you were kind of like laughing about how soon after we checked into the hospital i was already watching it yeah <laughs> you were like oh you didn't last very yeah, long yeah it was day one it was like i think the, within three hours i was like oh okay i think i watched like three of them and then i <laughs> yeah. like saved the other two for later or whatever <laughs> but anyway i'm not here to talk about good mythical morning i want to talk about Anne with an e yeah it was really good mm-hmm. and i just want to give that recommendation if you haven't watched it Um, I think if you are a fan of the original Anna Green Gables movies or the books, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's a really interesting and really well done retelling. Mm -hmm. I feel like they stayed really true to the characters and like who they are. Yeah. But there was a lot more detail Mm -hmm. and um, obviously some like creative liberty was taken with one of the most interesting things that was kind of a small little um, sub-story, yeah. subplot, was actually about Matthew and Marilla's childhood. That's good. Um, yeah. Because that's something that is not explored right. in the books. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of, at least that I, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but it talks a little bit about, like, how did they sort of end up where they are now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. these two kind of elderly siblings living together mm-hmm. and neither of them ever having married or had children. It just kind of dives in just a little bit into like their past. And I thought that was mm-hmm. super interesting. And then the other part, this is the last thing I'll say, but I definitely highly recommend people watch it. But the other um, kind of creative liberty that they took was diving into Anne's trauma from her past. You know, she Mm -hmm. comes to live with Matthew and Marilla when she's like 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, like her biological parents died when she was a baby. And up until that point, she had never lived in like a loving home. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's definitely expected and real that she had a lot of trauma from her past Mm -hmm. and so the this series explored that in a really interesting way without it being like super dark like she still stayed very true to her character but they did just explore that a little bit more which i thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. that's good sounds really good so that's my recommendation if you haven't watched it Mm -hmm. go watch Anne with an e all three seasons i think were really really good and i was very like um very invested that's cool nice that's it oh that's it yeah what about that one it was a limited series oh, yeah. that, well, that one uh, I, I i also got a little invested in, in that yeah um i wasn't gonna talk about everything right now but should i should i talk about it i mean since you're already talking about the tv shows sure okay uh well i was thinking like well should i talk about like a 
another TV show next week and then another TV show the week after that. Oh, okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tease it then. It's uh, yeah. It was a limited series on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll talk about it next week. It was week. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I think we already established that we're going to talk about our, our, our hospital mm-hmm. visit, right? Yeah. The hospital stay and the birth story. Mm-hmm. So. So here we go. <laughs> Well, let's get on to the nitty-gritty. Uh, oh, uh, you're cueing me. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, sometimes I feel like you're not going to say it. I'm like, come on, say it. I forgot. Uh, so, yeah, I already said it. And let's get down to it. So, Full disclosure, mm-hmm. we did try to record this um, before. We did. This is the second take. This is the second take, and I think it's good. I think we needed to like get back into our groove of recording. Yeah. And also trying to retell the hospital visit. I was just like all over the place with like, when did this happen? And then we what mixed, happened next? Yeah, some moments with others. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a little more cohesive now, but it still might be a little rambly, and that's fine. I mean, I think that's just the nature of being in the hospital. The days kind of run together, and a lot mm-hmm. of stuff happens, but uh, let's talk about it. Let's get into it. So, I vlogged the whole visit. <laughs> I'll just I'll just get into that. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's a funny thing to start with. Yeah, and it might be surprising to people. Yeah. So I vlogged, and I thought about the idea like within the first hour of mm-hmm. getting maybe maybe the first like <laughs> 20 minutes uh, i just picture you because using the word vlog i just picture you being like hey guys we're here at the hospital in merced california <laughs> and we're gonna be having a labor induction so let's get into it Woo! <laughs> uh, no actually i thought about this uh, uh when i was waiting for you to get all like checked in and stuff okay do you remember when the nurse said oh yeah you were waiting wait, outside wait outside yeah so i thought about it I'm like, oh, I could just pick up my phone right now and and talk. Did you? No, I th- I wanted to, but okay. I was pretty shy. Yeah, because you I were like shy. out in the middle of everything. Yeah, I was like, no, no, I'm too shy. So <laughs> I waited until we got into the room and we were, we were by ourselves. Yeah. So I think within that first hour, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do this, and and I thought it was nice. I thought that I thought about my my dad. You know, mm-hmm. growing up, he had this like, big uh, camera, right? And yeah. It was one of those that you put over your, on your shoulder. Uh-huh. And, and, and it's a, one of those, like, TV, you know, <laughs> ones, news TV ones. Uh, and so he did that, and, and he recorded a ton of stuff, like the hospital visits and stuff. So I thought about him when, when I was doing that, and I thought about this might be just for us. Maybe we'll post it or... Like, I, I don't want to, like, to stress too much about it. I just yeah. want to talk mm-hmm. as if we're going to watch this again and stuff, yeah. right? And so, yeah, so that's what I did. Um, and yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll get done, get, we'll, we'll get into, like, the, the days. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff. So day one, mm-hmm. we, um, I've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast that um, I the doctors recommended that I do a scheduled induction mm-hmm. and we were kind of all over the place about when, you know, like 38 weeks, 39 weeks, um, mm-hmm. like when should we do the scheduled induction? And so we finally landed on a day. It actually changed a couple times yeah. or at least once. And it was scheduled for 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And the night before and also the morning of it were very emotional for me. I don't mm-hmm. think I cried much did i cry i think you did i feel like i might have cried the night before but i just was very 
overwhelmed. Yeah, you did. You, you were crying the night before. Okay. And you, should yeah. I explain why? Or are you doing it? Well, I think so. I, it was just very overwhelming. Like, there mm-hmm. were so many emotions. And I think just the feeling of, like, everything is about to change. Yeah. And it's... there. I was very excited, but also there's so much unknown about, mm-hmm. like, how much things were going to change and mm-hmm. what things were going to be like. Right. And so it was just very surreal knowing like in the morning mm. we're leaving this house and then we're going to come back with our baby. Yeah. And when we were actually getting ready to leave, that was something that we said, like the next time we walk through these doors, it's going to be with our baby. Yeah. And so I was just very like just having so many emotions and I honestly couldn't like, stop and dwell on it for too long or else I would have just been like crying (laughs) for Mm -hmm. so long. But yeah, it was like once, I think once things started going and we were like on our way there and everything, then it was like, okay, we're doing this. But it's sort of that like build up where it's like, oh my goodness, like this is about to happen. Yeah. So we leave the house around like 7.30, 7.45. We stop at Starbucks, get some breakfast, (laughs) get some coffee, and then we go to the hospital yeah and we have all of our bags we had them packed for a while and then we had some last minute things to grab that morning yeah so we have all of our stuff we go to the starbucks and then we go to the hospital we get checked in Mm -hmm. we head upstairs to labor and delivery and then um they check me in and you were waiting outside like you said just because the registration room is super small Contemplating whether to vlog or not, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they take us into our room where we'll be staying. Yeah. And um, it was a pretty big room. And it was. pretty nice. Yeah. And it had like a big, one whole wall with like a big window. Um, not really a nice view, but I mean, it was, it was outside. So. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> Have some sunlight. So. They bring bring us into the room, and the first thing was she hands me a little cup and says, okay, you got to take your last, you got to give us your last urine sample. <laughs> and then they give me the gown, and I tell them that I wanted to stay in my own clothes, yeah. at least for a while. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, okay, um, hopefully it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, whatever, it's going to be fine. And one thing about the room mm-hmm. that was interesting is that in one corner of the room, there was like a bassinet and mm-hmm. then a little um, sort of like incubator bassinet yeah, yeah. that was all prepared and like waiting for his arrival. And that was kind of crazy to see that because it still felt so far away since mm-hmm. I really wasn't in labor at this point. And so it was just crazy to think like, oh my goodness, like our baby is going to be there um, and they have all this stuff ready for him. Yeah. So then um, a nurse comes in and um, she like introduces herself mm-hmm. and she also, uh, I told her also that I was going to stay in my own clothes for now and she was like, yeah. oh, okay, I think it'll, I hope it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. and, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. And um, then they, uh, they take some information. Mm-hmm. We gave, um, the first couple of people we saw, we gave them our birth plan, like showed it to them. And then they started with getting me hooked up for an IV. Mm-hmm. The person who was doing the IV for me, um, I think that she was um, not a nurse, but a, um, like, I, for, I don't know what the term is, like a nurse assistant or something mm-hmm. like that. 
And um, she was like looking at my veins and she seemed like skeptical that she was going to be able to get it in my yeah. arm. And then she tried it. And on the first try, she got it. But she she literally said, oh, I got it. And she was like very shocked. <laughs> so I was like, interesting. Okay. And I'm telling that because that's going to come into play later. Right. Um, so we get the IV in. And then um, pretty shortly after that, they start technically start the induction, which the very first step was to give me a medication mm-hmm. that was supposed to help with the um, dilation. Yeah. And at this point, I was, I believe, just one centimeter dilated. Mm-hmm. Once they gave me that medication, it was just a waiting game of just kind of waiting around and seeing if it was going to work and like how much. And so... The rest of that day one was pretty much spent just kind of chilling, mm-hmm. watching Good Mythical Morning, <laughs> uh, you know, watching shows, hanging out. You were vlogging. And at this point, I really was in just the very early stages of labor. I was having a few contractions here and there that were not really that painful. Mm-hmm. Every few hours, they would um, have me um, sit on the hospital bed so that they could do monitoring of the baby's heartbeat and then also contraction so to see where my contractions are at yeah and to make sure that the baby's heartbeat was looking good every two hours right was it two i can't remember exactly or was it three it was either two or three yeah yeah so somebody would come in and they would um check on the heart the um the baby's heartbeat Mm -hmm. and that was pretty much day one Mm -hmm. and i believe on that day i was able to they were still letting me eat regular food, right? Yeah. Right? So they were, we were having the meals. Uh, the hospital staff would bring, like, the meals in for both me and you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was really nice that they brought uh, food for me as well. Mm-hmm. So I only had to pack some snacks for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they um, yeah. So the, that first day, yeah, you, it was pretty smooth. Like, you did, like you said, you didn't really have any pain with the contractions. Yeah. And um, it was really good. Um, that day, I recorded, I vlogged every hour on the mm-hmm. hour. Uh, and eventually, the, towards the end of that day, I was like, well, there's nothing really to update, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, still did it. Day two. Are we going to day two now? Yeah. Yeah, day two, day two. I, I, started, I, I decided to start vlogging just every two hours now. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And then you'll see every new day, like, I vlog less and less. Less and less, yeah. yeah. Uh, just because it was just same, same old, same old stuff. Yeah. Day two, uh, a little different. So we knew that we we're gonna ha- we we're gonna get different doctors every day, mm-hmm. right? And so there, there was three rotating doctors there. So the second day uh, we had your main doctor come, right? And and so that was nice. And uh, we decided to show up there um, on that uh, that day that we, the first day, um, because we thought, okay, maybe, because the doctor, or your doctor said, maybe by day two you'll start, you know, maybe hopefully you might be ready. Your body might be ready for you to push. Uh, we'll see. And yeah. So, so the hope was that maybe she would get to deliver him. Yeah. Um, like 
late in the day Mm -hmm. on that second day yeah that was kind of the hope like um we knew pretty much that it wasn't going to be the day we checked in no no um and the hope was that maybe by the second day late in the day um but then we were kind of expecting that that might not happen and it might be more like day three Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm yeah so um she comes in the morning and Mm -hmm. she checks me and you know at that point, I think I was two to three centimeters dilated, so hadn't made a ton of progress. No. But I mean, it was it was moving along, but it was just very slow. Mm-hmm. And so they started me on a different kind of um, medication mm-hmm. that was supposed to do a similar thing. It was supposed to help with um, dilation, help move things along. Mm-hmm. So basically, all of day two, they were just. Um, giving me doses of, of, of the second type of medication. I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, they were just giving me doses of it and um, checking. And that whole day, I was still just two to three centimeters dilated. Yeah. Did you have something you were going to say? No, no. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, it seemed like every morning, the doctor would come and and meet you and talk to you mm-hmm. like around eight in the morning that must and be when they switch yeah and and i remember twice uh with your main doctor and then another doctor i got woken up yeah them coming yeah and i was just like oh they're just, just waking up from the <laughs> you know from from all that and and so uh yeah i slept on this like kind of futon type yeah. of thing and i had my own little like corner and i had uh in, in each like armrest you could open it up you open up the, the armrest and you could put some stuff in inside there so i put mm-hmm. all the snacks on one side and the other side i put like all the electronics and whatnot and and so i had my own little like area kind of set and stuff to the way you know yeah that i wanted it um so anyway so yeah so i got woken up to to the dog yeah. was coming in and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so what, what else happened? Well, two things basically happened on day two. Um, the first is that I was starting to discover how uncomfortable I found being in the hospital bed mm-hmm. um, to the point of it being like pretty painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time that they came in to monitor the baby's heartbeat, um, mm-hmm. I would have to be in the bed. And they tried giving me a... Um, wireless monitor because i had said that i really wanted to be able to be up and moving around yeah and they tried it but it just wasn't working mm-hmm. which is annoying because it's like they have this technology but yeah. it doesn't work uh, right. um, i mean it's not their fault they did no. try for quite a while oh yeah i remember the, the first the first day the first like maybe five hours they were trying and yeah eventually they're like let's just do do the old school one yeah, yeah. The, the first nurse that i had yeah she tried really hard to get that wireless monitor to work for me but it just didn't and so mm-hmm. um every time they came in to to do the um the monitoring i had to get in the bed and i just found it extremely uncomfortable on my back and then it was causing a lot of um like uterus lower uterus pain um that was getting pretty uncomfortable and so then all throughout day two as they were giving me new doses of the medication they would have to come in and monitor the baby for about 20 minutes, give me the medication, and then monitor him for about 40 more minutes. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being at least an hour, sometimes longer, though, because they usually, you know, they wouldn't always come in right at on the dot. Yeah. And so it ended up being at least an hour of monitoring 
which is fine. Like I w- was very happy to know how the baby was doing and also to be able to see my contractions. Mm-hmm. But just having to be in the bed that whole time yeah. was getting really, really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was starting to get more uncomfortable and kind of more in pain. I think at some point this on this day, I decided to take a shower, mm-hmm. both for like wanting to feel clean and also wanting to see if it would kind of help relieve some of the discomfort. Yeah. And it did. The The shower was actually really nice, mm-hmm. and um, it did alleviate a lot of just like the discomfort and pain that I was in. So that was um, super nice. And then I, <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was funny and just a little annoying because after I take a shower, the dress that I had been wearing, yeah. it felt really like dirty to mm-hmm. me now and i didn't want to keep wearing it after i take a shower so i tell the nurse bef- i think be- no i think this was after i had already taken a shower so i tell the nurse um that i tried on the hospital gown that they left me and it didn't fit mm-hmm. and i said you know i've been here before and there was like a different gown that fit a lot better yeah and she <laughs> she said oh, you don't want to wear your own dress anymore? And I was like, seriously? <laughs> After you guys were giving me a hard time about wearing it, now you're like, oh, don't you want to wear that because I'm now asking you to get me a different gown. Yeah. And so I was like, no, it's dirty. And <laughs> I would just like you to please go get me a different gown that fits. Yeah. Um, so I was slightly irritated <laughs> about that. But it, eventually they, they brought me the right gown and I was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rest of the time... I just wore a hospital gown, which was fine. It, was, it wasn't it was as comfortable to me as my own clothes. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's obnoxious and like the neck is so high, it like feels like it's choking you. Oh. And it was also like pretty big. Like the options were either, uh, w- the regular one was like way too small. Mm-hmm. And then the big one was like really big. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, these are not great options, but yeah. I'll take it. So yeah, the rest of the time I wore a hospital gown and it, that was totally fine. But um, that so that was the first thing, the first kind of thing that happened on that day. And then the second thing was they started me on antibiotics, which I knew that I was going to have to mm-hmm. um, take antibiotics through the IV during labor and delivery because I had tested positive for group B strep. Mm-hmm. So I knew that was going to be happening. And so the nurse comes in, she gives me... Um, she hooks up the IV and she starts giving me the penicillin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Um, this is really burning my arm. Mm -hmm. And it was like very painful. And she was like, yeah, it kind of burns sometimes. And then as it kept going, I was like, no, this is like really, really hurting. And so um, she had already left at that point and you called the nurse and a different nurse came in who was actually like, our favorite. Yeah. She actually came in at this point too. Um, Cause I know later we're going to get on, get into where we interacted with her more, but mm-hmm. she came in at this point and, um, and I was like, and, and she was like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sometimes it burns. And um, this first dose of antibi- antibiotics, they want us to do it like at a really high speed. Like it's basically going into your IV pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. So she was like, let me turn it down. So she basically like did it like half the speed. Mm-hmm. It was going at like a hundred, which I don't know what exactly that number is measuring, but she put it at fifty, mm-hmm. and so it was bearable. Mm-hmm. It was still burning a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. 
So she leaves. And then I, it was still pretty painful for like most of the time that, that the penicillin was running. And I knew that I was supposed to be getting these penicillin doses every four hours until the baby was born. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> At this yeah. point, I am still only like two or three centimeters dilated. Mm-hmm. And I started to really become very fearful and anxious about this antibiotic. So four hours later, they come in for the next dose. And mm-hmm. it was, and I said right away, like, please put it, you know, at a slower pace at 50. Mm-hmm. And they did that, but it was actually more painful this time. It wasn't more painful than when they first started it when it was at 100, but it was more painful than the last time when it was slower. Yeah. 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 And so I just had to like kind of try to bear it. Mm-hmm. But then by the time that one was done, I really started to become super, super anxious about the next dose because it was the most painful thing that I had experienced up until that point. And I was like, this is ridiculous that this is causing me so much pain. Mm-hmm. So I decided to ask my nurse at the time if she could ask my doctor if there was another option because I was, it was causing me so, so much pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know if there was a different antibiotic I could take or if there was an option to take penicillin orally um, or just something else. So she did ask um, my doctor and she came back and said that the answer was pretty much no, that they really only would give you a different a different antibiotic if you were allergic to penicillin. Mm-hmm. And she said that this is the this is the antibiotic that really is the most effective against group B strep. So I was like, okay, that's understandable. But um, she said, but uh, the doctor said that she's fine with you skipping this dose. And I was kind of <laughs> like, okay, well, that gives me a tiny bit of relief. But at the same time, now I'm just like pushing back the mm-hmm. inevitable. And mm-hmm. so then I just went the next four hours super anxious yeah. and dreading it. Mm-hmm. So four hours later hits and it's now like the middle of the night mm-hmm. and she comes in nurse comes in to do the penicillin and so i was sitting in the rocking chair because i was that's basically at this point after the first night i was sleeping in the rocking chair mm-hmm. instead of the bed because like i said the bed had become super uncomfortable to me yeah so i was just sleeping in the rocking chair which was not the most comfortable either because of like my neck <laughs> but it was more comfortable than the bed so it was fine Um, so the nurse comes in and she starts hooking my IV up while I'm sitting in the rocking chair and I tell her, please put it at 50 and she starts doing it. And I was like, this is hurting really bad. And she leaves and immediately I just start sobbing. Like it was the most excruciating pain. I mean, it was the one of the most painful things I've ever felt in my entire life. Wow. Definitely up to that point, because I had not given birth yet. Yeah. Um, it was probably the most pain I've ever been in. Wow. And I just started sobbing. Yeah. And then uh, you, I think, at this point, wake up, or you were already awake. I was awake. Yeah. yeah. I think I think I woke you up, because I was very afraid. Oh, yeah. This was uh, like a night. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I just woke you up, because I was like, they're about to do my penicillin, and I knew that it was going to be yeah. so painful. So I woke you up, and then... She leaves, and I was like, I can't do this. Um, you need to call them back. So, mm-hmm. or call her back. So the nurse comes back, 
And then I think she came back with another nurse, and it was that one that we really like. Mm-hmm. Stop the penicillin, and they look at my IV, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, we need to make sure that this IV is still working, so we're going to flush flush it with saline. Mm-hmm. And so they do that, and another time before this, when, they, when the nurse had flushed it with saline, I said that it hurt, and the nurse was like, oh, yeah, sometimes it feels kind of cool. And I was like, this is not, mm-hmm. doesn't feel cool. Like I'm in pain. But anyway, so she, this time she starts flushing it with saline and I was like, ow. And the nurse looked at me and she was like, ow, like a, mm-hmm. like a question, not rudely, but she was like, yeah, wait, is this actually like hurting you? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, it hurts really bad. And she goes, okay, that's not normal. And then they start looking at the IV and, um, the other nurse said, oh, yeah, there's, like, a lump right here. And so they were like, oh, yeah, this is not not good, and so we need to get it out. Wow. And we're going to have to redo it. And so I was super <laughs> relieved, but at the same time not looking forward to redoing it. Mm-hmm. But I was very relieved that they finally realized that something was wrong because mm-hmm. it, it was so horrible. So they take it out. And I think that the one nurse then leaves and it was like my regular nurse was there. And so she starts the process of trying to, um, to redo it. Mm-hmm. So she looks at my other arm. This was in like my inner forearm. So she looks at my other arm and she's like, oh yeah, I don't really see any veins. And then she starts looking at my hands, which I really didn't want it in the hand Yeah, because that's, I've heard, I've actually never had it done, but I've heard that it's extremely painful. It is, yeah. She's like, uh, I don't know. So she goes and she gets this um, light, this like black light type of Mm -hmm. thing that is apparently designed to find, like to locate the veins. So she shines it. pretty trippy. Yeah. She shines it over my forearms and my hands and it makes the veins like appear. Yeah. And... So she's looking at them and she's like, yeah, I can kind of see it. But then without the light, I can't really see it very well. Um, so she tries one time in my hand. It was very painful. I did not want her to do it. No. But I mean, I, I said it, that she could, but I was really dreading it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was extremely painful and she didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So then she goes and she calls in that other nurse again who's my favorite nurse Mm -hmm. and she comes in she tries also in the same hand but a different (laughs) part of the vein and she doesn't get it no and at this point i was like i wasn't it was very painful and i was just like this is horrible they're never gonna get it and um the whole if you get very squeamish with this kind of thing, you should skip ahead like 15 seconds because I'm about to say something that might be triggering. <laughs> when they're like digging around in your arm trying to find the vein, that is like the one of the worst feelings. It's, mm. it's just like such a horrible feeling. And so after that second time, they were like, uh, the nurse asked if I wanted a break. And so I was like, yes. So mm-hmm. they left for like 15 minutes came back and then she decided to try in the arm which is actually what i wanted i really wanted them to be able to get it in the arm yeah and so she did it it took a little bit of time but she got it and she was like so happy she got it i was so incredibly happy yeah 
So they hooked the IV back up. Mm-hmm. They restarted the penicillin, and it was way better. Mm-hmm. They started it super, super slow, and I was like, oh, okay, it feels totally fine. Then they decided to try speeding it up a little bit, and it did still burn, but it was definitely bearable, and it was nothing like how it felt before. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was it. So I was so relieved to know that there actually was something wrong and they were able to fix it. And so I no longer had to like live in this constant fear of the antibiotic. So yeah. that's it. That was day two. Yeah. That was crazy. I'm glad that they, they found the, another vein Yeah, because it was, it was hard. One of the hardest things, I think the hardest thing for me during this whole uh, journey was yeah. to see you in pain mm-hmm. and, knowing that I can't, I can't really absorb the physical pain. I, yeah. I wish I could, but there's not a lot of things I could do except mm-hmm. for just being there emotionally yeah. and physically being there uh, with you. Which does help. Pain. Yeah. Yeah. To a certain degree, but like, it's just, it's just hard to have seen you like crying about the pain and mm-hmm. complaining about the pain and, and seeing you distraught yeah so that was the hardest thing just seeing you and every time they they came every four hours every four hours seeing you like that yeah so i was really happy that they finally figured that out and so that was really nice Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah so moving on to day three day three is when i figured out that i had to do something about (laughs) my attire so I packed for, I think, maybe three days, um, and I thought, we might be here for maybe two more days uh, yeah. at the minimum. At that point, we were like, oh, this baby is not coming. Definitely not, <laughs> right? And so I thought about this early in the day, uh, on day three, and I was like, I think I'm going to have to, I don't, one, I don't want to uh, leave the hospital uh, and, mm-hmm. and so which i appreciated yeah that. yeah yeah so i wanted to stay there the whole time and so two i was like, okay i'm gonna wash my clothes i have a super small castile soap that i want to use and i'm gonna clean this the bathroom sink and i'll put all my dirty clothes there and hand wash every single thing <laughs> and that's what i did it yeah. was a whole day uh little project just like our honeymoon yeah yeah and i've done it before with like uh, backpacking and everything. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be in a way kind of a little, a little fun little thing. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't that fun because it was uh, physically draining. It was physically draining? Yeah. My hands, my, you know, I don't know. But anyway, um, I was sweating, you know. I sweat easily though. But You were sweating from doing your laundry? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because okay. I really wanted to get get in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I gotta work on my my uh, grip strength. Grip strength. Yeah, interesting. I really do. Okay. Because uh, I get tired. Uh, anyway, so so I I did uh, I clean all my clothes and stuff. The trickiest part was like w- w- finding a place to hang all these clothes. Yeah. Without making it look super crazy. So <laughs> I would. I was like, okay, I'm gonna put some of these clothes over here in the in the. Um, the shower section mm-hmm. and just close the the curtain so oh, yeah. people don't really see yeah. my 
my stuff right and then the rest i'm gonna hang it there's like a hook right there in the bathroom on the bathroom door then you gave me the idea of putting them um in the on the window like there, there was like, like a the window cell yeah window cell so i was like okay i'm gonna do that and, and that was great mm-hmm. it took it took a day and a half for the dry? Cl- yeah, for the clothes to dry. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember the next day, day four, I put on like shorts that were like still wet. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the waistband <laughs> was still like wet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like the, the, the only thing that, that was wet, still wet That's at that so point. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my, my project for the day three. <laughs> nice. Day three was basically day two on repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a different doctor. It was the um, the male doctor who um, I had met before, and his personality is very like go go go. It's like he took like four shots of espresso yeah. before meeting you. So when we met him <laughs> um, at the doctor's office one yeah. day, he was um, kind of filling in because my doctor wasn't there. Yeah, and um, this was when we were doing regular like fetal monitoring at the doctor's office, yeah. and he comes in. And he goes, he like takes one glance at the, like the tracing of the baby's heartbeat. And, um, he was like, all right, looks good. Go home. That's all he said. And that was it. And then, um, the nurse was like, oh, um, actually she's, she was complaining of blah, blah, blah. Tells him this issue I was having. And he goes, oh, okay. Um, he says, drink some, he goes, go to the store, get some cranberry juice and drink it. Get used to it. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what? And the what just happened? It was like a whirlwind. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So his demeanor at the hospital was pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. He comes in. He's like, hello. Um, like, you know, let's see what's going on. I was still at this point two to three centimeters dilated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, so throughout that whole day, it was just more of the same medications. Yeah. One of the nurses actually said, oh, yeah, the doctor decided to give you just half of a dose this time because it was the medication was kind of making my contractions um, a little too intense. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess that was progress that, like, my contractions were getting a bit stronger and a bit closer together, mm-hmm. but the dilation piece was just not there. No. And um, so... She, the nurse said, oh, yeah, the doctor decided to, that this time you're going to do a half dose. And she says, you actually caught him on a good day because normally he's like, oh, let's speed up this process. Right. And, and like we said, that's his MO. Yeah. And so we knew we knew the order of the doctors that were going to be there. So we knew, we knew that day one, it was going to be uh, the other female doctor. Mm-hmm. Day two, your doctor. Mm-hmm. And then day three, him. And then day four, day four it was going to be back to the first female doctor. Yeah. And so we knew that. And so we were just so worried that that uh come day three uh, we just wish that that the baby wasn't going to be born because we wanted to hold off because we know that his his is all about like let's just do it now so yeah yeah and so the the nurse saying that says something oh yeah there's a lot about it so i was really glad because i i was starting to get uncomfortable with that higher dose and so i was glad that he decided to do the half dose and that he wasn't just like wanting to rush things along and wanting to break my water because actually the day before my doctor had mentioned like oh if you're let's say you're four or five centimeters we'll break your water and um i was very um 
hesitant about wanting to have my water manually broken. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she, I wasn't ready. She didn't think I was ready at that point anyway. And so she didn't offer it. And, uh, but I'm glad that on day three, you know, that he didn't say like, oh, let's just break your water. I know. Um, Because I was afraid they were going to try to do that too early. And I was concerned about that. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, the rest of day three was just um, more doses, no progress with the dilation. That was still just three centimeters. Yeah. Uh, We actually forgot to talk about the uh, food, wasn't it? Um, Day one, you couldn't eat anything until like uh, dinner. Yeah. I think day one, they didn't really give me a regular meal until dinner. Then, then they did give me a regular meal. Yeah. And then day two, it was all meals. And then day three, the the meal doctor said, uh, we're going to go back to just um, just clear liquids. Yeah. And that was, getting really difficult um on those two so the first day the first day wasn't too bad because i kind of knew that like at dinner they were gonna have give me a regular meal but yeah day three i think that their assumption was like oh you might have the baby today Mm -hmm. so he was like oh yeah just clear liquids and so the clear liquid meals oh my goodness it was just broth and a bunch of juices and jello. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I was so hungry by the afternoon on that day. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to eat, like, I did eat the broth every time, but not all of it. And I was trying to, like, drink some of the juice yeah. and eat the jello, but it was, like, the least appetizing thing mm-hmm. in the world. And you were, like, trying to convince me to, like, drink more of your juice, eat more of your jello. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, I can't. Yeah, I think every meal there's leftover juices, leftover. Tons, yeah. Everything, yeah. 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 And so by the, I kept asking, I was like, did the doctor still say that I can't have any, mm-hmm. like, solid food? And they kept saying, Yeah. Until the night nurse came in mm-hmm. on that day, and I asked her the same question, and she goes, "Well, I don't really like. I'm not going to say anything about what you decide to eat in here." And I was like, "Oh!" And so yeah, she just kept saying that, like, "I'm not. I don't know anything." Yeah, and so because I was like, "Well, if she's not really worried about it, then that makes me <laughs> yeah. that just gives me a little bit of confidence yeah. to be like." Okay, I'm just going to eat some yeah. of the snacks that we have. So as soon as she leaves, you tell me, pass me the Cheez-Its. <laughs> and so I, I put the Cheez-Its in this coffee cup and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because I, there was a big part of me that was like, I think it's totally fine for me to eat. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel super comfortable completely going against what they were saying just because, I don't know, I was trying to balance, you know, what they were saying with my own kind of instinct of what I felt comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and so once the nurse said that, I was like, okay, I feel totally fine then with um, just eating, yeah. food, eating regular food. So I think like throughout the night, I was like occasionally snacking on some Cheez-Its and like a granola bar and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I guess this is another thing I didn't mention. Um, at this point, they had been also checking my blood sugar every... Mm, four hours maybe i think so yeah i think Mm. it was like every four hours and um because i had gestational diabetes Mm -hmm. so they were tracking my blood sugars all throughout Mm -hmm. um this process which it was very interesting to me because all throughout my pregnancy since i was diagnosed with the gestational diabetes i had to track my blood sugar at very specific times based Mm -hmm. on my meals so Mm -hmm. 
I would check it when um, I woke up in the morning that was fasting and then one hour after every meal. Yeah. But at the hospital, they're just checking you based on like the clock and not based on when you last ate. Mm -hmm. So I did think it was interesting that like when I was on the clear liquids, they were giving me these really sugary um, oh, yeah. drinks. Yeah. And then when I was eating regular meals, like there were lots of carbs and they weren't checking me an hour after I was eating, they were just checking at random time, you know, mm -hmm. every four hours. And so I was kind of curious, um, like why it wasn't more of a concern, like why they weren't monitoring mm -hmm. it more closely. But when, when they were checking me every time my blood sugar was fine. So I guess that was like yeah. enough for them. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was just kind of interesting. So they were, they were still checking that. Um, so I was trying to, you know be still a little bit mindful about what i was eating like with the snacks and stuff but yeah. um at that point i was so hungry i knew that i just needed some fuel mm -hmm. so so that's pretty much it yeah with day three um still very uncomfortable with having to be in the bed so much because they were giving me all the you know these doses of medicine and every time i had to be in the bed for like an hour for the monitoring right yeah and then that was it so pretty much every like two hours you you're, you're uh, there was a nurse coming to monitor something yeah whether it was the blood sugar yeah. the monitoring the baby um the penicillin like yeah. there were so many things so that, that's how it was from like day one two and three mm -hmm. and so that was hard obviously during the nighttime when, or just uh, throughout the whole day and night because you wanted to get some rest yeah. and whatnot and you're in pain as well. So yeah, yeah, a lot of monitoring going on and what? Oh, I was going to say, oh, sorry, are you done? No. And uh, I think day three, I decided, okay, I'm just going to like vlog every four hours. I think I oh, yeah. like in the morning at 12 then later on the evening. And again, it was similar stuff from day two and, uh, you know, that's that was it yeah. <laughs> and and i would say that those little vlogging times really helped me like just uh it, it made th the day go super fast yeah it was like oh my gosh it's already 12 like it's already time for me to do this yeah the it, days actually went by fairly quickly that really helped i think you know to just keep motivated and yeah talk about stuff yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um but you were gonna say something um Okay, so are we ready to move on? Uh, yeah. this is where the story really picks up. It, it does, yeah. Before you say that, um, along with vlogging, I started to have a little routine of um, messaging our families. Oh, yeah. So I was in charge of messaging m my family, your family, everyone, the whole family, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think the first day... So my mentality behind uh, telling people was okay I, I i want to tell people whoever wants to know mm -hmm. like that there's information yeah uh think about group text because it was it was a group text right I was yeah like, okay i, I don't want to like keep messaging and send so many texts in a day yeah that might get annoying mm -hmm. right um yeah group so, texting is just awkward yeah, but. yeah. so I, I was like okay i hope i could just say everything that happened in one like text uh, at a certain time and then send mm -hmm. it and that's it right uh, um so i had a little routine going of sending three texts uh per day so one in the morning mm -hmm. one in the afternoon and the one in the evening oh, okay that, that, that's what i did right mm -hmm. and so i thought it worked um 
you know, with keeping every, everyone in the loop yeah. and stuff. And so I was like, I'm going to stick with a schedule. Um, and, and, uh, I think, I think it helped everyone. Yeah. And, and uh, one thing I, I, I really appreciated was how people were asking questions yeah. and wanting to know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that, that was really, uh, really nice to hear that people were interested and that they were like, Invested. Invested in, yeah. in, in waiting for the text. Yeah, that was really right? great to know. Yeah, because I think in the evenings, um, it was difficult based on just the stuff that was going on to send a text. So sometimes I would send a text pretty late mm-hmm. and I felt bad. But um, but yeah, then people would say, hey, how's it going? You know, yeah. at like maybe eight, eight at night or something mm-hmm. uh, or nine or something. So yeah, so I, I appreciate everyone's like patience. So... Day four. This is where things start to pick up. Yeah. There was a time, I don't remember when it was, it might have been, I think it was either day two or day three, when I thought that my water might have broken. And I kept mentioning it (laughs) to like a couple different nurses. Mm -hmm. And um, they were like, okay, like, we'll see. And then they they basically said, I don't think so. Unless there's like a super tiny leak that's like, leaking really slowly but it doesn't seem like it's broken so i was like okay yeah um and then i wasn't really worried about it so day four it was about 5 30 in the morning mm-hmm. and i was in the bed because i had to be and mm-hmm. they were uh, monitoring b- the baby mm-hmm. and um i'm lying there and all of a sudden i felt this feeling that it's hard to describe. I would maybe almost describe it as like a small like pop feeling, mm-hmm. which if it hadn't been followed by gushing water, mm-hmm. then I might have just thought like, oh, it was just like the baby moving or something mm-hmm. like that. But it was definitely like a distinct one like feeling of something mm-hmm. um, that kind of felt like a pop and then like gushing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, sorry if that's TMI. But um it was like undeniable that um, I was like, okay, my water definitely just broke. Yeah. And so I called the nurse and she came in and I was like, uh, my water just broke. And I was uh, mentally shocked because yeah. I was, the progress up to that point had been so slow. Yeah. Yeah. That I was just like, oh my goodness, like something is actually happening. And I was really glad that it had happened on its own mm-hmm. um that it did the water didn't have to be broken manually and so i was like oh wow this is like that was the first moment where i was like whoa things are like really actually starting to happen here mm-hmm. because those whole first three days were just such slow progress that um that was shocking to me mm-hmm. so yeah so my water broke and uh it wasn't just a little leak it was like fully <laughs> broken <laughs> Um, so the nurse came in and she was like, okay, right after that, I was, so I was still there and like in the bed doing the monitoring and the next contraction came, which again, contractions had been coming more regularly and getting a little bit more intense, but nothing very crazy. The next contraction after my water broke was like 10 times more intense than the contraction before it. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And all of a sudden I was just like, these contractions are becoming 
extremely painful. And so yeah. that one was really bad. And then the next one that came was extremely painful. And then the oh next one was extremely painful. And they were coming like fairly close together. And it was getting so intense that I was like, I was not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. I was just not prepared for how um, like exponentially more painful it was going to become after my water broke. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a little theory <laughs> about, uh, I think that there, that was something I came across in like reading about pregnancy and stuff was that some people can have, I don't remember if this was the right term, but I think it was called like a irritable, uterus Mm -hmm. and i really strongly think that at some point when i was going through fertility treatments that either something happened or i don't know but yeah i think that my uterus is actually very irritable Mm -hmm. because i had a lot of uterus pain throughout the entire pregnancy Mm -hmm. um that just felt a lot like intense menstrual cramps and um of course, like it's hard to know because I don't have anything to compare it to, mm-hmm. but I really do have a theory that it might be um, that that particular type of pain is a little more intense, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Also, I fully realized that this might just be what labor feels like and I just wasn't prepared for it. So I'm not trying to say like, oh, my pain was like so much more intense. It might just have been totally normal, mm-hmm. but it's just because I had so much kind of weird and like very um not super painful but just very like what's the word like just very specific pain in my like lower uterus all throughout the pregnancy it just kind of seemed odd to me but anyway all that to say that Mm -hmm. whether this was a regular amount of pain or not those contractions just became extremely intense and so within a couple hours or I don't know. I really, at this point, time meant nothing anymore. (laughs) Um, But I know that within some amount of time, I realized that I, (laughs) I realized that I needed to have something for the pain Yeah, because I just couldn't keep going. I, I did try once I was able to get off the monitor, I did try getting in the shower because that had helped with leaving some of the pain I had had in early labor. Mm hmm. And I would say it brought it down from like a level nine pain to like maybe a level seven, but it was still really bad. And then the second I got out of the shower, it was just a nine again, like really, really intense. And so that wasn't really helping. And I was trying to like um, breathe Mm -hmm. and, you know, do what they they always just like, go breathe through it. And Mm -hmm. I was trying to, and I remember... The nurse, at one point when I was on the monitor, she was telling me, like, um, like you need to, like, try to stay calm during the contractions because, like, when you panic, and she showed me on the monitor, she was like, it, it causes the baby's heartbeat to, like, oh, heart rate yeah. to decrease. And so, obviously, that was very stressful for her to tell me. But yeah. I do appreciate it, assuming it's true and she wasn't just trying to scare me. <laughs> I do, I, I mean, I think it's helpful to know, but it also was kind of scary for her to tell me that. So I was trying to remain calm, Mm -hmm. but I was starting to get panicky during the contractions because the pain was so intense. Mm -hmm. So at some point, and again, time didn't mean anything anymore, but I was, I told the nurse that I needed to take something. Yeah. And 
And she was like, do you want an epidural? And I was like, I don't know. I think I just was like moaning <laughs> basically and telling her, like, I don't know. Yeah. And um, so I think I, I asked if I could just do something else first. So mm-hmm. she's like, yes, we can give you, um, what is it called? Fentanyl? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if, I, if I'm saying it correctly, but it's like a, a drug that a lot of like drug users use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I forgot you took that actually. Yeah. So that was the first thing they did. And that helped you for what, like an hour? Yeah. So that, um, it helped. And I was like, oh, I was so glad to know that there was some pain relief. Yeah. And it did help. And it helped for maybe 45 minutes to an hour. Mm hmm. And then it was completely back to the same level of pain. Yeah. So nurse comes back in and she asks me, or no, I tell her that like I needed something else. And she again was like, do you want an epidural? I was like, and I was like, I don't know, but I just need something. And um, <laughs> yeah, I remember, I think it was like a whole hour or maybe an hour and a half of deciding whether to do it or not. And yeah. I kept like, telling you like okay maybe we should or like do you want it and you kept saying i don't know and i just really didn't know like that was a genuine i was just like i don't know yeah and then obviously came to a point where i'm like okay i I think we need it like yeah we can't and and and, sorry i think i interrupted you yeah so go ahead yeah so then so she she said that we we could start the process of, of getting the epidural and she says that it'll take like this amount of time to do blah 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 and then the anesthesiologist will come in and i was like do you know how long that'll take and she said he just went in for a c-section yeah um once he's done he'll come over here Mm -hmm. and so i was like okay i need something in the meantime Mm -hmm. and she was like okay i can give you another dose of the fentanyl but I knew because somebody else had told me that the second dose is not as effective. Yeah. The third dose is even less effective. So I knew that it wasn't going to be as helpful, but she gave me a second dose of it and it. <laughs> Hello. Hello, baby. <laughs> it basically decreased the pain for like two contractions and then it was back to <laughs> yeah. just as painful again. And so I was like, wow, that was really helpful. But yeah, so from th- that point after th- that dose of the fentanyl wore off, I was just like having to like muscle through until the anesthesiologist mm-hmm. got there. And that was probably at that, that, I think that was the w- most intense pain and like the absolute hardest part of the whole process was that time wh- where I was waiting for the anesthesiologist. Mm-hmm. It was extremely intense. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah. It was, I think, probably the most pain I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. So part of my thinking when, what little thinking I was able to do at this point, when she was asking me if I wanted the epidural was that I felt like it might be too early. Yes. Because the last thing I knew was that I was still only stinking three centimeters dilated. I think it was, at that point it was already four. Maybe. But they were kind of going back and forth and saying like three or four. Yeah. When we were talking about getting the epidural, at some point, somebody, I think the doctor came in. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, well, let's check you. And I was five centimeters? Yeah. 
at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, thank goodness. I felt like, okay, we had finally made some <laughs> some good progress at this yeah. point. And so th- at this point, we felt like, okay, the baby is probably maybe coming today, like later mm-hmm. today. Because at this point, it was still only like nine in the morning or something. Yeah, it was pretty early. When I, all this I, was happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that you woke me up from like, the, you're in pain. And I woke up with you like uh, just being in pain. Yeah, I think right after was, my water was, broke. It was around like five or six in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's when we knew that your water broke. Yeah. So at this point, I think it was only like eight or nine. If you think, I think at nine, yeah, that's when you started getting the, when they did the, the, the epidural. Okay. Yeah. So the anesthesiologist finally comes in. I mean, it didn't take him that long, but it just no. felt like a, an eternity to me. Yeah, maybe it was like a 30-minute like, yeah. thing. Yeah, which is what they said like to expect. Mm-hmm. So he finally comes in. I was so relieved to see him. Yes. He starts explaining to me the whole procedure, and I was thinking in my mind, I literally do not care. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, I'm glad he did. Yeah, That's good to explain it. Um, I had to sign the thing. And then he says, like, I'll be right back. Like, I'm going to get my stuff. I'll be right back. He comes back in with all of his stuff. I was not looking at, like, anything, any of the tools that he had or anything. I did. There was a... Okay, I'll, I want to ask you about that in a second. There was a part of my brain, I think, that was fearful about getting the epidural before going into... I guess I didn't talk about this. This is kind of... This might be interesting for people to know. I don't know. Going into this, my mindset, I never really explained this, was... That I was open to getting an epidural, mm-hmm. but I wanted to see if I could do it without the epidural. Yes. So I wasn't like, oh, I'm definitely going to do this 100% natural, but I wanted to see. Yeah. Um, and I, I was, I, I'd be lying if I said, I, like, I, I really was hopeful that I would be able to do it without. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, we did like a, a birthing course and everything. And I was, I did have this mindset that like, I might be able to use these coping skills, use these techniques and yeah, be able to tried, do it. You tried. And I did try. And I was, and I felt completely fine with my decision that to get the epidural at yeah. that point. I just, again, I didn't know when was the right time. And I was still yeah. kind of like, I don't know. But once I was actually getting it, there was no part of me that was like, oh, this is a bad decision. Yeah. I just um, knew that I needed it. And also, I'll, I'll say this, and I might come back to it later, but I had hearing stories from other people mm-hmm. about getting an epidural was really helpful to, to me, hearing positive experiences and hearing the mindset that, like, it doesn't, there, you know, there's no prize at the end for not getting an epidural. And there's, you know, there's no prize for like doing things in the most like quote natural. Unquote, natural way. Yeah. So every, you know, everybody's birth is going to be different. And it was really helpful for me to hear positive experiences from other people who had a natural birth and positive experiences from people who did have different levels of intervention and um, mm-hmm. epidural and pain medication and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that was super helpful for me to, because I think if I had only surrounded myself with stories of people who had um natural births then i would have it would have been a much harder decision for me to make that's true yeah 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 well, so what were you gonna say about like or did you have something to say about like when, no, when he came in no um i just noticed how big the the syringe was well how, sorry i noticed how big the needle was how big was and it I, I knew how big it was um from like reading the the um pregnancy book there's oh. a picture of it and i didn't really want to look at stuff because yeah. again 
the hardest part was seeing you in pain so i didn't want to see how big all yeah. this stuff crazy scary things were but uh it, it was maybe uh, maybe don't tell me actually oh <laughs> i was i was going to like yeah say like okay maybe later on i will tell you all this stuff that i saw and all you know and or yeah whatever. but uh it, it was big yeah yeah interesting yeah i'm not sure if i really want to think about it actually okay okay yeah <laughs> and we, we're we're um running out of time but well obviously we'll finish the every yeah the, the whole hospital visit but i do have a lot of questions okay and we do have a like a th we haven't really had a discussion about like your thought process i haven't really asked you like what was how crazy was it giving birth and whatnot but well well, well that's good i think yeah. let's finish the story and then i'm not i won't really we won't really like reflect on it until yes. next time we yeah, can do a part I, two I, I think we need to do a part two since looking at the time yeah so maybe we'll finish this we'll do the halloween episode next week and then take we'll a break from the, pregnancy yeah then we'll do the part two yeah um and sorry and and before I forget i i, I think then in part two we do have to talk about a little more about that about the tendencies that people have about like doing the doing 100 percent on natural route yes. versus not and there's sadly a lot of people look down on the people that end up um, choosing to to get like the intervention interventions yeah the, the medicine and stuff right so we will have to talk about that because it was it was a big part of uh it, it's it's a hard now mm -hmm. because now with internet and stuff we know more yeah and that makes people think okay well this is the right way to give right. birth so you know like you sharing that you had to um get the what's it called again epidural epidural um a lot of people want to be like that's that wasn't okay that wasn't safe mm -hmm. for you and the baby um so that's something that really you know we'll, we'll talk about more but yeah. yeah that's good because i i felt like i needed to throw in like my thought process a little bit because of yeah, yeah. just that decision but i do want to talk about it more and talk and reflect more on this whole yeah we haven't really experience. again we haven't really sat down together and reflected yeah on, on a lot of stuff yeah so we will i think that'll be good yeah we should okay so let's finish the story though go ahead, go ahead. i know we're running out of time um okay so once he's ready um to do the epidural he tells me like you have to sit up in the middle of the bed with like your legs out to the side um you know with my back to him mm -hmm. and the anesthesiologist was great by the way he was mm -hmm. very like just his demeanor and everything. Mm -hmm. he, he was really good. So I sit up and <laughs> I was like, I can't. I can't sit in this position. <laughs> and the nurse says to me, well, in order to get the epidural, you have to. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I wanted to be like, get out of here. <laughs> like I was very annoyed with her saying that, even though it was true. Yes. This nurse... We'll, we'll I don't even remember two, what nurse this was. But this nurse was like, uh, out of all the nurses, this one was like, meh. Yeah, very meh. Very meh. Not bad, just no, very meh. No, I was like, man, and this was the the day. Yeah. And so we ended up having her. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I was annoyed, even though she was right. But I already knew that in my head. Like, as I was saying it, because I did say out loud, I don't think I can sit like this. 
but in my head, I knew I have to, but I was just mm-hmm. annoyed at her for saying it, even though I knew it was true. <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't need your negativity right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I like forced myself to sit in that position, even though it was so incredibly painful. And so the anesthesiologist was saying like, hey, we're going to work in between contractions. So when you mm. have a contraction, when you're having a contraction, tell me and I, I, I pause like mm-hmm. what I'm doing. The first thing he does is he has to numb the area. Yeah. And so the first numbing shot was um, kind of painful, but it was nothing compared to everything else that was all the other pain I was in. But it, I mean, it was painful and it's obviously like a different kind of pain because it's like yeah. the pinching, like stinging feeling. Mm-hmm. But then after the first one, then you, you know, you can't feel it as much anymore because right. you have the numbing. So after that, um, the rest of the whole process was completely fine. Mm-hmm. Like that was not that bad. And I was pretty scared pre like you know during pregnancy i was pretty scared thinking about the process of getting an epidural yeah so it really was not that bad physically yeah however i was having a really hard time staying still during the contractions because prior to this when i was laying down in the bed every contraction that came i was like writhing in pain Mm -hmm. so now having to sit up and hold perfectly still was really difficult oh yeah but there was also a part of me that I almost wanted to not tell him one time when I was having a contraction because I just wanted the epidural so badly. Yeah. So there, in my, in my brain, I was like battling. I was like, yeah. should I tell him? Because I just wanted him to keep going. But then I was right. like, no, he said, tell him when you're having a contraction. Yeah. So just do it. So I told him a couple times and they were coming so fast. I kept feeling, I felt like I told him a million times, like I'm having another contraction. I'm having another contraction. Yeah. Um, and then the most like crucial part of this whole process, which again, I really still at this point can't mentally think about what was actually happening, but like one of the most crucial points, he was like, okay, be really still. He does mm. whatever. And involuntarily my leg twitched <laughs> yeah. and it was not my fault. It, no. I think it was a result of what, what he was whatever doing he was there. doing. Yeah. And my leg twitched. And I moved and he goes, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh, shoot. But he was actually pretty calm, even though he, I think, was like a little stressed. Yeah. And I obviously didn't want to explain. And I was just trying to hold still, but it wasn't my fault. Yeah. It was like a a reflex. Reflex, yeah. And he was like, oh, okay, I have to redo it. Mm. But that didn't take very long. He, He redid it. And then he was like, okay, you're good. He like taped. Um, taped everything up and then um, I laid back down and I knew at this point that I was going to have to like be in the bed for the rest of the time Mm -hmm. um, because you lose like feeling in your legs anyway so I lay back down and the next contraction comes and it was a little bit more bearable and then the next contraction comes and it was a even more like even less painful and Mm -hmm. the next contraction comes is a little less painful and then pretty soon I was like, oh my gosh, like I, it gave me so much relief. Oh yeah. And I was so thankful and I, there was no part of me at that point that regretted the decision at all. Mm-hmm. I knew that like I needed it to be able to just, you know, keep going through the rest of the labor. Mm-hmm. So then at this point, you know, we know that things are progressing. A while later, again, I don't know what time it was, but a nurse checks me again and she was like, oh, you're fully dilated. Mm-hmm. Again, I was shocked. 
uh, because yeah, that was crazy. the dilation had been such a slow progress. And I had read about this that like there's no set timeline for how dilation happens. It can happen really quickly. So yeah, she's like, you're fully dilated. I can feel the baby's head. Um, That's crazy. It might be like almost time. Oh yeah. So at this point, I think you started like telling family that like the baby was going to be coming soon. Mm-hmm. And the nurse calls the doctor and tells her to come over. And the doctor actually ended up not coming right away because she felt no. like, I think she might have been busy. And also she didn't feel like it was quite necessarily time for me to actually yeah. give birth. So it things were happening quickly, but based on what the nurse was saying, it kind of made it seem like it was going to be a little quicker than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fine. So an hour or so goes by and then the doctor does come and she checks me and she was like, yeah, the baby is um, pretty low, but it wasn't like he's right there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're fully dilated. And so she said, let's try like um, some practice pushing. And I... So we we tried it and they talked me through like this is how you push and blah blah blah, and uh, so I tried, and I think you were actually in the bathroom during this. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, because all of a sudden the doctor just came in and she was like, "Oh, let let's try this." Mm-hmm. And what I realized in retrospect is that at that point the contractions that I was having, I couldn't really feel them very well at that point. Mm. Um. Because I think they were not super strong contractions and the, and obviously the epidural. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I wasn't really able to push very well. And also, I just think that the baby wasn't quite ready yet. Yeah. So I tried a couple of times and the doctor basically just left. And then a while later, you know, more time goes by. And then pretty soon, like slowly, slowly, I could feel how low the baby was getting. Hmm. And that was very crazy. Wow. Like, this is where um, I was just like, this is a new sensation that's so different than anything I've ever felt. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, I can tell that he's, like, right there. Mm-hmm. So I told the nurse, and she tells the doctor, and the doctor still says that she wants me to just um, do what's called, like, laboring down. Because I had the epidural and I was fairly comfortable, she wanted me to just basically wait it out yeah. and let my body do the work of like continuing to push the baby further and further down, mm-hmm. let him get like right there and ready before I actually start active pushing. Mm-hmm. Was definitely the right call, and I'm really glad she decided that. So for the next, I don't know, two hours maybe? It was a while. It was a long time. That's what I was doing is I was just there and it did become more painful again because now it wasn't just the contraction pain it was so much pressure Mm -hmm. um because (laughs) his head was literally just like right there (laughs) and there were a few times that i did have the thought of like is his head all of a sudden just gonna start coming out because that is what it felt like wow it was really intense but again it was still totally bearable because of the epidural but it was Mm -hmm. just a very different type of pain and different type of like pressure Mm mm-hmm so yeah, so then fast forward to around like 3.45 or so, and I I did finally um, call the nurse and say, I think I need to push because with each contraction, I, w- I was feeling more and more pressure, more and more of the need to push. And so then finally I was like, I think I need to tell them. Mm-hmm. So I told the nurse and then um, she came in, the doctor came in, 
they prepped everything, got everything ready, and um, they're like, okay, like, we're going to do this. Let's start pushing. And at this point, I could feel the contraction so strongly because of that pressure mm-hmm. that I I think I was able to push a lot more effectively now. Yeah. And he was a lot lower. So it was like we were ready. And so I ended up pushing for 10 minutes. Was so it really 10 minutes? That's what they said. Okay. So I, I guess like, it I, felt like two minutes. <laughs> it felt shorter. They said 10 minutes. So I think they started the process at four. And yeah. he was born at 410. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe like we, we tried to kind of like um, remember. And I think it was maybe like seven or eight times of pushing. Yeah. It was a handful of, of, of pushing. Yeah. And so pushing was really intense and really um, like I didn't know what to expect going into it. Yeah. Um, you told me later that my face was like so red mm-hmm. <laughs> from pushing, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense. Um, and I couldn't quite tell based on what the doctor was saying, like if I was doing a good job or not. Yeah. I felt like I was, but she, I think her kind of like MO was, um, that she was sort of like being, uh, I don't know, like a coach. Kind of like a coach. You say, come on. Like, like push harder and like, yeah, getting like really, really intense, which I think was good. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, she was like getting, getting loud and like, like, come on, come on, like harder. Yeah. And, um, so because of that, I was kind of like, wait, am I doing this? But then I could tell eventually I was like, okay, yeah, this is like, she at one point was, was like, after maybe three or four times, she was like, um, she's like, I can see his hair. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, okay, so this is really happening. Yeah. At one point, I, I, I look over and I can see, as he was like coming out already, almost fully out, I could see his head. Really? It was, yeah. Was that like on the last push that you... I think so, that yeah. That you saw him? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so once she said I could see his hair, then it was just like one or two more pushes. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't think I will ever forget this moment because it was like the most i think i I had kind of talked to you about this and maybe we'll talk about it more when we like in in the next episode but Mm -hmm. everything up to this point i had some frame of reference for like the the pain the contraction pain like it's fairly comparable to like menstrual pain Mm -hmm. so uh, you know all of these things kind of leading up to this and all the interventions and everything it's like I have some frame of reference for other things I've experienced that are similar. Yeah. Pushing and then actually delivering the baby was the most surreal thing. And it just unlike anything that I've ever experienced. (laughs) And so on that last push, she, the doctor, I would say half of a second before he came out, she said, she goes, you did it. Like she went from her like, keep going like push harder too she goes you did it and then half of a second later he came out so she somehow she obviously this is what she does every day she knew that like this was it and he was was and he was coming out but she said that before i actually felt him come out interesting it was really crazy she goes you did it and then half of a second later it was just like this huge yeah and that feeling again it was just unlike anything i've ever experienced and all of a sudden it was just like his whole body just came out and then she was holding him wow yeah 
and then at, we can talk more about like the after part in the next episode but yeah basically uh you know he was there he was we saw him she put him up on my chest and you and i just instantly both started crying instant cry <laughs> as soon as i saw mm-hmm. him and seeing him trans- like as soon as the doctor was passing the baby to you yeah i I, when, once I, I was able to see all of his body, mm-hmm. instant cry. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I, couldn't, I didn't control it. It was just <laughs> an instant crying. And that cry, it, it spoke about just the struggle uh, and like w- wishing for this moment to happen. Mm-hmm. And after like two years, nothing more than that, like after... Just years of of uh, wishing, wanting, trying, all that stuff. He was here, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, uh, day five. Well, we'll talk about that the last day at the yeah. hospital um, next time. Mm-hmm. But it, it was it was insane. Uh, instant cry. <laughs> we both cried. And it was it was amazing. Yeah. It's definitely the best day. Oh, yeah. That was just the most emotionally intense <laughs> moment of my entire life. And, yeah. And then he was there. And he's here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're going to end it there. And uh, two weeks from now, so next week, we'll talk about the some Halloween stuff. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. And then two weeks from now, we'll... Uh, finish off the day five the mm-hmm. rest of the hospital story and talk about um just reflect on reflect it. On, yeah reflect about everything yeah from who was the best nurse <laughs> uh <laughs> what was the worst part about being in the hospital for five days the yeah. best thing uh besides the birth uh, family coming over mm-hmm. All that stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Me too. Um, yeah. So, thanks y'all for sticking around with us for this long. Uh, yeah, it, it's a long episode, but yeah, uh, we're, we were so happy and glad to um, to have finally to to talk about this, mm-hmm. right, and to be back uh, podcasting. But anyway, so yeah, that is it. So um, as people say. Keep calm and carry on. See you next time. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Right? I don't know. I just thought about it. Keep calm and carry on. Yeah. Okay, sure. All right. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>